Talk Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Olsenea. It is Friday, October 25th, 2013. The six-year anniversary of Evolution Revolution Radio. Within the infinite realms of consciousness lies possibilities that are endless that have the quantum potential to transform the individual and the larger collective. This breeds opportunity within our human societies to expand, enlighten, and shift our human experience to one of truth, cooperation, peace, and a more balanced experience of materiality and our divinely inherent spiritual nature. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners both intuitive and imbalanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. Please explore more about myself, Evolution Revolution, Voices of Change, past guests and archives, media articles, services, and much more at www.dulcineacontreras.wordpress.com and in iTunes by searching in the podcast section Evolution, Revolution with Dulcinea, or Voices of Change with Dulcinea, using the keywords Dulcinea 333 or Dulcinea 007. Thank you for joining the show this hour, wherever you may be listening. Today on Evolution, Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Amit Goswami, a professor of theoretical nuclear physics, retired from the University of Oregon, where he served since 1968. He is a pioneer of the new paradigm of science called Science Within Consciousness, an idea he explicated in his seminal book, The Self-Aware Universe, where he also solved the quantum measurement problem, elucidating the famous observer effect. Goswami has written several other popular books based on his research on quantum physics and consciousness. In The Visionary Window, he demonstrated how science and spirituality could be integrated. In Physics of the Soul, Goswami developed a theory of survival after death and reincarnation. His book, Quantum Creativity, is a tour de force instruction in how one might engage in both outer and inner creativity. Goswami's book, The Quantum Doctor, integrates both conventional and alternative medicine. In Creative Evolution, Goswami presented a resolution between Darwinism and the intelligent design of life. In God is Not Dead, Goswami demonstrated that not only are science and religion compatible, but that quantum physics proves the existence of God. Challenging us to utilize the transformative power of quantum physics to change ourselves and our social institutions, Goswami, in How Quantum Activism Can Save Civilization, guides us into a solution space of the new quantum science based on the primacy of consciousness to broach problems stemming from materialism, such as economic meltdowns, terrorism, and global warming. In his most recent upcoming book, Quantum Creativity, Goswami explains all facets of creativity, its definition, the quantum thinking it entails, and what is required to be creative. 
Most interestingly, Goswami says, every human being has creative potential, and grasping the quantum process, dooby-dooby-dooby-doo, will help everyone to explore his or her creative potential. In his private life, Goswami is a practitioner of both spirituality and transformation. He calls himself a quantum activist. He appeared in the film, What the Belief Do We Know?, and its sequel, Down the Rabbit Hole, and in the documentaries, The Dalai Lama Renaissance and the award-winning Quantum Activist. Welcome back to Evolution Revolution, Dr. Goswami. It is an honor to have your presence and consciousness appear once again on Evolution Revolution for the exciting six-year anniversary celebration this fall, 2013. Thank you. So glad to be here, Dulcinea. So from an evolutionary standpoint, we have evolved from physics into metaphysics and further into quantum physics where we are now. So the meaningful question becomes, what is the value of evolutionary thinking and asking why questions? Yes, definitely. The, uh, if we become satisfied with what we have today, uh, we never change, we never evolve. Um, it is very important to recognize that uh, our answers are all mental representations at this stage of our evolution. And we have to go on uh, searching for deeper meaning of the archetypes of truth, love, beauty, justice, goodness, uh, wholeness. You know, these are the things um, that we really covet. That's our exploration. That's what human life is about. But we always have to remember It's evolution and revolution. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So it's really about taking these tenets of quantum physics and applying them personally, which will allow the collective revolution. Do you agree? Yes. Um, uh, To a large extent, quantum physics uh, seems to be a very satisfactory science in the uh, sense of experimental data, theoretical beauty, um, it's verified uh, one part in uh, hundred million, so I don't think we need to worry about um, it being replaced anytime ever. So um, in that sense, we now have a good scientific basis for how to make uh, our uh, science that applies to us, science of all of our experiences. And then uh, we can follow it guideline. It's a shame that we have not understood this before, how widespread the message of the quantum is, the, uh, the scope of quantum physics is. We initially thought that it only applies to uh, elementary particles, uh, these little submicroscopic objects that make up matter. But now it appears uh, sanguine that um, we can make a whole science of experience using quantum ideas. And um, each of these ideas, uh, we'll talk about non-locality, signalless communication quite a bit. Um, and uh, this kind of idea revolutionizes our worldview because uh, Newton says, uh, says that there is only one uh, world of space-time. Matter moves in it and that's it. But uh, quantum physics says uh, differently. Quantum physics says matter is possibility and then we have the actual experiences in the manifest world. So where is this unmanifest world of potentiality? That's where quantum non-locality comes in. Uh, signalless communication distinguishes 
that other world from this world. Before, um, in human history, for 2,000 years, we have wondered about um, spiritual concepts such as uh, transcendence and immanence. Spiritual traditions also talk about both two worlds, heaven and earth, transcendence and immanence. But we have never um, had any inkling of how to distinguish between them. And now we do. Now we know that the transcendent world is distinguished by the ability of signal-less communication. Communication can occur through this domain without using any signals. So in this way, uh, science, uh, quantum physics uh, and science based on quantum physics uh, will um, readily see, we can readily see that consciousness comes in into this too, um, gives us a way of talking about ourselves that never existed before within uh, science. It is so powerful. And for you as an individual leading in this realm, since 1995, have laid out a solid foundation, beginning with your books and, of course, your teaching and your research, and, and now through these quantum conferences globally. So we're at the point in this evolution where quantum activism is the tool and the language and the action that's being executed to really create awareness that will allow the pull of consciousness to increase to the mass. Am I clear? Yes. I think that we have to be activists because um, there is something in the vested interest of uh, people um, uh, that are blocking the uh, worldview change that quantum physics is leading us to. Whereas ideas like signal-less communication um, are now experimentally verified, um, still uh, there is this uh, enormous misunderstanding uh, around, especially um, subscribed to by the news media, uh, that uh, world is very Newtonian, um, that uh, these things are quantum quirkiness, uh, very specific to only the submicroscopic world. What, what people don't understand, um, of course, because pundits <laughs> tell them not to delve into it, is that uh, how can the world be different for submicroscopic objects and, and us? It's the same world. Uh, submicroscopic objects make up macro objects. You cannot say that, no, that's a different world, that this is a different world. That idea has been tried many times, and it never um, is philosophically tenable. And now have experimental. Now we have experimental knowledge that look, all objects have this potentiality before they become actuality, and potentiality resides in this non-local domain of reality. So you have to admit something that newspapers still call supernature. Uh, that is such a absolute uh, rendition of uh, or misrepresentation of what is scientific truth. It amazes me. So I, I, what I hear you saying is it's really important for people to awaken to this idea. And right now one of the hindrances is the mainstream media focusing on the materiality versus the potentiality. And what I see happening right now, which we can all see it currently in the fall of 2013 here in the U.S., we've just had a recent government shutdown. And I believe that your book, How Quantum Activism Can Save Civilization, A Few People Can Change Human Evolution, has really brought into the horizon 
an awareness that particularly is evident in the healthcare system, which I think is where people may begin to awaken is when it affects their individual well-being. And so the possibilities I see for people to awaken that healthcare is limiting because we're focusing on the materiality, and we've discussed in the past and in your book, Quantum Doctor, that healing and quantum physics have a very strong correlation and relationship. Can you expand on this? Absolutely. Let me take your uh, last comment first and then uh, go back to the political situation, which is also very interesting and deserves a comment. The, uh, yes, the health uh, situation is um, very, very interesting because we have alternative medicinal systems um, since millennia. Um, and now we have modern medicine, and many modern medicine practitioners think nothing much of the alternative medicine. And this is, of course, uh, wrong, because they look at the alternative medicine from the um, worldview of Newtonian physics. And in that worldview, alternative medicine makes no sense, because alternative medicine refers to uh, our vital body, our feelings, our mental body, our thinking, being important to our health. But, you know, this defies any kind of even common sense. On the other hand, the same medicine practitioners talk about the placebo effect, which is um, the effect that if a patient believes that he or she is being served medicine uh, by a good doctor, then healing occurs, even uh, without uh, serving any medicine, just with sugar pills. And last year, there was a, this tremendous um, new uh, study that was made that 70% of healing that some of pharmaceutical medicines produce is really placebo effect. So human beliefs, uh, mental thoughts, have enormous um, effect on our healing. Um, in that sense, we should welcome the idea of um, alternative medicine because this these practitioners are saying that for um, millennia, that yes, our feelings and thoughts contribute, and their medicinal systems take that into account. Quantum physics justifies it how? Because quantum physics says that all uh, objects of our experience are quantum possibilities, not only what we sense, the material, but also what we feel, what we think, and um, therefore feeling and thinking are as much scientific, um, as much scientific and originally scientific. They don't originate from the material objects. They originate on their own because we have mental body, we have a vital body. Um, so uh, because these things now can be scientifically legitimized, we can recognize that if something goes wrong in our vital body, if something goes wrong in our mental body, then of course we will also have disease. And that healing um, is uh, readily available to us, not, not quite readily. I mean, we have to work for it. We have to be creative about it. But the healing is um, possible by us, by consciousness. We not only can depend on um, healing by medicine, which vital body and mental body medicines are there, but we can also uh, count on us. Uh, to be conscious of the fact that we can produce healing. We can creatively take a quantum leap and produce what Deepak Chopra calls quantum healing of a mind-caused disease. 
this is tremendous um, achievement of uh, modern thinking, quantum thinking. So these things um, certainly should gain enormous attention from people of what ourselves, we ourselves can do to get better health, to maintain better health, to heal ourselves and all that. I think that is such an important point, and I think that my our generation and my generation has really been exposed to that. And I think since the 1970s, that really has taken an awakening, and that comes evident through all of the alternative health care, the naturopathic doctors, the meditation, really focusing on, on merging the spirit with the body. And I think that that's an exciting um, possibility. I also think if we look more into the formal systems, especially the health system, healthcare system itself, which I'll touch upon here and I'll integrate the political system into this idea, it basically we just had a government shutdown, as I've mentioned, in the U.S. The last, um, within the last 30 days. And it was primarily one party revolting against the other party for a new Obamacare initiative the healthcare initiative that would Im- implement healthcare insurance to the mass. And what this idea is doing is opening up a door for what we're discussing here, although it's not direct, it's very clear to me the the link, because what we're going to recognize is that even if we all have healthcare, as this initiative is proposing, there's still going to be a lack of success because it's missing this quantum healing idea. But I see that it's opening up a door for that possibility to come in, because not until we have the physical evidence that this healthcare has completely failed when we've offered it to the mass, then that failure will open the door to the quantum possibilities of us being able to heal ourselves and use quantum healing on the physical being. So how do you see... Uh, well, you know, the the, the um, healing uh, situation already uh, has failures. I mean, the big, biggest failure, of course, is cost containment. Why should the um, cost of uh, medicine go up at, a, at such a faster rate than inflation in the rest of our society? Um, this question is very, very important to address. And there is only just one simple answer. It's the cost of the pharmaceutical drugs. Um, so should we, have, um, should we have this completely drug dependence to deal with the problem of medicine, which really is an older age problem? Much of it is an older age problem, and much of it is problem of chronic disease, which what older people suffer from. So uh, is there a better treatment of chronic disease? In, in fact, is the modern medicine, allopathic medicine, is even a legitimate treatment of chronic disease. Um, everybody knows that allopathy, modern medicine, really does not have any theory of um, a disease such as cancer um, uh, to speak of, except very vague notions of how genetic defects might contribute to cancer. So it is very difficult to use modern medicine um, in a cost-contained way because uh, everything is just um, you test it and then only uh, you can use that medicine. It's based on empirical testing. 
and that that is costly. And of course, the uh, pharmaceuticals are also profit uh, oriented, and they have to be. Uh, that is part of capitalism. So then uh, cost goes up and up and up, and nobody knows how to stop this upswing of cost. So, um, well, Obamacare is in a, in a step in the right direction, but right direction only in the sense of bringing the cost down by uh, controlling the bureaucratic expenses or controlling the greed of hospitals and doctors and uh, insurance companies to a certain extent. Uh, but there's a limit to how far you can go. The basic problem remains. Do the pharmaceuticals really help cure or do they just prolong the misery? These kind of questions has to be asked. There really is nothing that heals in the uh, allopathic tradition in the treatment of this chronic disease. It's not like we are killing off a bacteria with antibiotics and therefore actual healing is taking place. Um, it's not like surgery where, again, actual healing is taking place. This chronic disease treatment uh, is much better handled in the alternative medicine because chronic disease take place um, for a very simple reason. We have a theory. The vital and the mental are correlated with the physical. That's when they function very well. This is why we call medicine is holistic, health and healing come from the same root word as wholeness, the word whole. So in a lot of ways, healing is getting wholeness back. The wholeness is lacking in older people. Because of wear and tear, the physical becomes more and more uncorrelated, that's a quantum term, uncorrelated from the mental and the vital. So these vital energies, the feelings, um, become distorted. And that's what we experience as pain. So how do we then handle this? The vital and the mental, uh, what quantum physics makes it clear, are domains of reality where our creativity applies. So by applying creativity ourselves or with the help of a medicine person, we can adjust the vital and the mental back to the deteriorated physical. And this adjustment can be done uh, with, um, as I said, with the help of a doctor if necessary, but we can also do it uh, if we learned it properly. So there's enormous scope, a much cheaper administration of some real healing of this chronic disease at our old age. That will make us much more um, happy life, give us a much more happy life, less pain, um, and, and, there, and also the side effects of pharmaceuticals. You know, <laughs> I watch these ads and I just wonder, don't people hear what side effects they're getting into taking these pharmaceutical medicines to alleviate some pain? Whereas in the alternative approach, you have no side effects at all. So uh, it's just attracting the attention of people and powers that be to uh, another way of thinking, which would immediately reduce medical costs just so much. It pains me to think that we have this available, the knowledge is there right now. We could do it within just a matter of um, a decade. We could probably revolutionize the way we administer healthcare to our elderly people and make their life much more happy and fruitful uh, in their uh, last years of living and without encumbering the society with so much expense. 
And I just have hope. I really have hope. And I really see that us talking about this and others experiencing, as you just mentioned, those numerous amount of side effects to the drugs that create a concoction of problems versus solutions to health is really leading to people seeking that open door for holistic health healing. And and I, I also look at just within my own experience with an evolution revolution, we've had a few authors and leaders on the show over the years who have left traditional medicine, whether it be chiropractic or um, medical doctors, who have left that mainstream into the holistic realm because they've had significant spiritual experiences that have led them to do so to open up the gateways for the larger pool of consciousness and larger humanity. And and not only in the medical realm, but also in the psychological health realm, the mental health realm. And Doreen Virtue left being a clinical psychologist to convert it to angel therapy. Eric Pearl left chiropractic to creating his revolutionary company, The Reconnection. And, And there are many, many trending in this direction. So I think it's an exciting time that we we have in humanity's script at this point where the quantum potential is building. It's only developing. It's only increasing. And I think that this initiative that is occurring here just within the U.S. right now is really opening up the doors to recognize what works and what doesn't work, keeping it simple and clear. Do you agree? I think I think you are making a good point, but we need to accelerate this. You know, this is why I have started this movement, Quantum Activism. We need to encourage all listeners and aficionados of quantum physics to unite and, and, and make it a voice, especially in the media and especially affecting the politicians. Because politicians need to understand this, this division that is going on between Republicans and Democrats today, very, very strong division, is occurring ultimately because uh, the Democrats and Republicans have different worldviews. You know, I, I wrote an open letter to President Obama uh, uh, when I wrote, it's in, it's in the book, uh, How Quantum Activism Can Save Civilization, uh, whose title was, It's the Worldview Stupid, taking on that slogan that President Clinton had for his election, It's the Economy Stupid. Right now, it's the worldview stupid. Why? Because the worldview of Republicans, um, based on Christianity and elitism, I call it religious elitism, um, is uh, absolutely uh, opposite of the worldview of Democrats, which is basically scientific materialism. It's not just Republicans oppose science, Democrats support science. It's not as simple as that. Everybody supports science in the sense that everybody accepts the fact that science applies to our life, technology. I mean, Republicans are supported by business and industry, which is based on technology. So how could the Republicans be against science of that sort? Where the difference is that scientific materialism, this philosophy, is what Republicans oppose. But this philosophy is as much of a dogma as Christianity is a dogma, being a religion. So um, what is a dogma? Dogma is that which is exclusive. My beliefs are better than yours. We need an inclusive science. When we do science with quantum physics, we find that we we could include the entire gamut of human experience. We don't have to leave out anything. So right now we have an integrative worldview available, 
it integrates both science and religion, uh, spirituality, if you will, uh, within one uh, embracing science within the primacy of consciousness. And this has been there since 1993 when I uh, first wrote about it in the book Self-Aware Universe. So, uh, and other people have written about it. I'm not the only one. Henry Stapp, um, University of California, Berkeley, he has done it. Casey Blood, another man, uh, University, Rutgers University. So uh, I have good company. And uh, Arvind Lazlo has said the same thing in Europe, very powerful man, uh, very good voice. So uh, there are a lot of people with this voice. And of course, in medicine, Larry Darcy, Deepak Chopra, these are famous names. Uh, they have been saying this too um, in a different voice, but using the virtually the same language, quantum physics. Therefore, uh, it, it's not a question of uh, these things have not been introduced in the midst of the uh, media. It's just that uh, attention is not being being paid to it because media makes it such a black and white case of um, either you are uh, following science or you are not simply because somebody does not agree with the philosophy that modern science has uh, accepted in the main, which is called scientific materialism, which is based on this one world, space-time, and matter moving in that world, which is completely overruled by quantum ideas. Quantum physics says from the get-go that there are waves of possibility that precede the particles of actuality and that resides in a separate domain of reality, which we have to admit uh, exists because we now have an experimental way of discerning that uh, domain of reality from the material domain of reality. So in this way, we have made just absolute foolproof uh, assertions of the uh, possibility of integration, because that's what spiritual traditions say, that's what religions really talk about, that there are two realms, and we have to be aware that the second realm is important. Whether you call it God, heaven, all those religious words, that's unimportant. We could call them quantum consciousness, you know, that's, that's God's name in the new science. And um, we can call heaven the transcendent domain, the non-local domain of reality. So then it all becomes scientific. It's just a question of naming. And Shakespeare said long time ago, what's in a name? <laughs> if the, the, the flavor is the same, let's uh, accept the idea. Uh, it will, will only be better for it. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, so, so, so valid and so true for me as an individual. So I think there's a point I want to bring up that really allows people to tap into what we're talking about here on an individual level, which is just so important since we're all connected. And that is you express, express that by applying creativity, we can really integrate the vital plus mental and apply it to the physical to heal. So in your upcoming book, this, this spring of 2014, Quantum Creativity, you're really focusing on the multifaceted nature of creativity and how to tap into that creativity to allow individuals to increase their own awareness and really um, maximize their inner creativity, creating a domino effect into outer creativity. So what is coming up from you within this book that can help create the accelerated pace that we so need right now at this time to create a, a higher change? 
I think that this book uh, helps us realize one very, very simple thing, which is that creativity, uh, the creative potential is present in every human being. If we just could recognize it and also recognize the second thing, normally we associate creativity with very sophisticated stuff like, you know, singing, dancing, art, music, um, the um, novel writing, science, all this stuff seems to be so sophisticated, seems to require a PhD or something before you can delve into it. This is true in uh, usual times, but this is not true at times of paradigm shift, at times when the worldview needs to change. Uh, then everything becomes simple again, because the worldview needs to change because we made some mistakes at a very simple level. Like right now, the worldview needs to change because we made our science on the base of, basis of movement of matter. That was a simple mistake. That was an elementary mistake. We have to recognize that the world is not made of matter. It's made of consciousness. That is such an uh, overwhelming change in science that science will become very simple for the next decades, maybe for the next centuries. And we have to think of um, building every science from the beginning, uh, not physics and chemistry, because they apply mostly to the inanimate world, but certainly biology, psychology, medicine, and social sciences, they all have to be revised from um, this consciousness-based ideas uh, instead of matter-based ideas on which we have um, uh, developed this uh, uh, subject. So uh, that is a huge, huge change, but everybody can partake in it, and everybody will have to partake in it because it's just developing civilization once again, practically. We have made such a backtrack of um, our uh, social systems uh, in ab adapting to this matter-based reality. Imagine our children today, you know, people are complaining, even materialists are complaining that, hey, too much of computers and cell phones is not good for children and their education. We are leaving our feelings and thinking aside. People cannot read and write anymore. Uh, these things are um, uh, big concerns, and uh, when people realize that they are uh, on the wrong track, they will come right back and uh, get themselves back because consciousness is very, very important in this new way of looking at science, and uh, we have to get back our consciousness in track so that we ourselves take charge once again instead of giving machines the priority in our life. So worldview means everything. I mean, worldview distorts our way of living, way of education, where we get healing, health and healing, where we do politics, where we do economics. All of these fields have to change, and everybody needs to be creative in order to bring those changes. This is the, uh, this is the one primary point that I make in this book. I think everybody should read it and recognize uh, how easy it is to become a creative person in the times that we are live, we live in the 21st century. And 21st century is the century of creativity. And do you think that creativity is the driving force for this paradigm shift? Absolutely, absolutely. It began with creativity. It, it was enormous creativity to recognize that uh, matter is not the ground of being. It does not give us answers. Uh, consciousness is the ground of being. It's the only way to understand quantum physics quantum paradoxes, quantum experiments. Uh, 
So um, it started with creativity, and it's opening up the scope of creativity enormously by including all of our experiences into one science. You know, this is the first time we have developing science without any dogma whatsoever. Nothing is left out. And because nothing is left out, everything in consciousness is included. Uh, this gives a scope for everybody's experience to be included. Everybody can participate in this new science and in the societies that will build on the basis of this new science. Uh, and nothing will be thrown out. I and mean, this is the beauty of it. Republicans, Democrats, all are included. Their differing worldviews can all be uh, reconciled and included. So in that sense, we, we, we do, not, do not need to have this boycott tendency that the Tea Party today has because they are not being hard. They are not, you know, the point is that nobody's views are, should be looked upon as completely against um, your views because they are all coming from consciousness. There got to be a way of including thesis and antithesis, but it requires creativity to see that. And this is what is lacking today in politics, economics, in the social um, domains of our life. And that is so evident that it's lacking because there's system failure after system failure after system failure. You, you agree? Yes, I completely agree. And, and we've, we've noticed these failures, and right now our government as a system is failing. There is no doubt about it. And it is failing because we are not able to hear the other people's side. Uh, the point is that both uh, values and matter are important. Values are important, and material-based science completely denigrates values because it says values has no value other than the survival value, which Darwinism brings in uh, into, the, into science. But except for survival value, no other human value is um, accepted as legitimate. So uh, the value of holders uh, have a good point that uh, has to be recognized. If we give up on values, can we even do science? One of the big values, of course, is truth. If truth is not timeless, then uh, if truth is relative, then anybody can say anything and claim that to be truth. And that's uh, what Fox News does. So we cannot complain on Fox News and give up on uh, timeless nature of truth as scientific materialism does. So it is really the scientific materialist who has created this environment where truth, truth is uh, distorted so much, not only by Fox News, but also by scientists themselves when they deny the message of quantum physics. So what Fox News does to global warming, uh, this uh, so-called upholders of scientific materialism is doing to the advancement of science by denying the message of quantum physics a fair hearing. I think it's just so powerful. Everything that we're discussing in this hour is so much a part of been just my individual personal experience. I know it's it's very brief, but I went to college and I thought, why am I doing all this in this formality and working through the system? And then I went into biology and I was doing DNA research and molecular cellular biology and I just couldn't resonate with the limitations. And so I moved into social science research and studied social systems and social norms. And I thought, gosh, this is so exciting. This is where you can really create a change and once again came up on the limitations of having to f function 
within the funding and within the, the, the philosophies and the theories. So that led me personally to creating this idea of evolution revolution where I found that I didn't have to be limited by any particular dogma or scientific frame, but I was able to bring in consciousness that encapsulated all of it. Yes, so I really thanks have... To you. <laughs> yeah, thanks to you, the alternative media, that we have a voice. At least um, now quantum physics and its message is getting a fair hearing. And you know what I find so powerful, Dr. Goswami, is you yourself functioned within the, the constraints of academics for several years, but you were able to find the value of that academic system and then bring your voice to the alternative media and to students to create the initial ripple of this awareness. Do you agree? Yes, but with some difficulty. I mean, you know, uh, I was very tenacious. And I was able to um, accept those difficulties in personal life with good grace. I had a wife who was very tolerant of poverty. So it, it all worked out for me. But, but you know, um, we can avoid this. I mean, science ideally is not supposed to have a creed. Science ideally is not supposed to be dogmatic. It's the, it's the one surefire way of being non-dogmatic. At least that's what we are taught when we enter science. Only later we realize no scientists are also human beings and therefore they have in human beings there is a there is a uh, inertia of belief systems. And this is what happens. This is why we we settle on dogmas prematurely oftentimes, uh, not realizing that we are throwing we are throwing away literally other people's thinking, other people's belief system. And they cannot be excluded because those belief systems are also experiences based on experiences of consciousness as legitimate as our experiences of consciousness. Science um, studies the archetype of truth, but archetype of love uh, studied by uh, poets and um, humanists are no less an archetype, no less powerful, and no less um, containing uh, truth. Uh, truth just has different facets. Uh, it expresses in scientific laws, and scientific laws can change too. And, and, and all our mental representations of these timeless truths fall short of complete perfection. And so materialist scientists should have recognized that long ago. And some of them did, and some of them uh, spoke out, but their voices were not heard because it's simpler to have a dogma. It's simpler to monopolize all the money that goes into science into this dogmatic science because, because then those pursuits can take over other pursuits which uh, some people consider to be less than their own pursuits. So this is what is happening in human history and this happened once again, again and again this has happened. Quantum physics now gives us an opportunity to forever get rid of dogma in science because if you do science within consciousness, then all things of consciousness will forever be included. There is never any more exclusivity of science. So how do we bring this to the individuals who are listening? As we talk about the larger scope and the individual scope, what is the step that you, I, and all of our listeners can take as an individual to really 
tap into this pool of consciousness and use it to create a larger driving force for positive change in this most powerful time of a paradigm shift. Yes, that is the that is the point, and we already made the fundamental discovery of this new view, which is the basic idea of democracy: all people are created equal. Quantum physics corrects that in a very significant way, and this we need to listen. All people are created with equal potentiality. This is the important distinction that quantum physics makes. We are not equal as is. We are going. We are moving towards equality as is in the manifest world. That's the evolution. That's the direction of evolution. So how do we get from here, we, where we have equal potentiality, but not actual equality in the manifest world? The problem is to go from here, how we are born, every human being is born with equal potentiality, but how can we bring uh, that equality into the manifest world? This is the challenge. So this challenge has to be undertaken at the level where our basic investigation is. What is the human life for? It is for the exploration of these archetypes. Everybody will agree with me, all our listeners, I'm sure you will, Dalsinia, because you have done it yourself. It's this uh, pursuit of the archetypes, pursuit of truth that you did beautifully, pursuit of truth that I did, I hope, quite beautifully. Um, and, of course, love, which majority of our people uh, pursue, and justice, which politicians and others pursue, wholeness, uh, healing professionals pursue, um, beauty, which artists pursue. So I can go on and on. Everybody pursues these archetypes, explore these archetypes. The most uh, heinous thing that scientific materialism has done is to demean, denigrate these archetypes. Archetypal pursuit is no longer valued. This is why the youth today is so uh, purposeless, directionless. They don't know what they're doing without meaning, without purpose, where can civilization go? This is why I wrote that book, How Quantum Activism Can Save Civilization. I should have said how quantum activism must save civilization because civilization has no place to stand on if you truly believe in scientific materialism. And more and more we are coming to that. Uh, more and more we are being taken over by technologies, replaced by technologies. The human condition is... Uh, not even recognized to have, of any value because we are told that we are machines, we are zombies, we have no free will, no creativity, nothing. So how, how can we empower ourselves? We recognize completely that as soon as we have become creative, and that happens at our childhood. So all human beings have been creative. Then later on, when you become adult, the society says no more creativity. Now you're adult, you do whatever you have learned, you take a job, and whatever your capacity is, that's all you do. This cannot be sustainable. This way of treating human beings is wrong. Human beings have the equal potentiality, and every human being must have the right to explore their potentiality. This is the new result that all citizens, especially in advanced countries like America, all citizens must recognize this American dream it's nothing but a quantum dream. It's a dream about fulfilling our potentiality. If we cannot fulfill our potentiality, what is the meaning of being in America, living in America, being born in America, being a citizen of America or a resident of America? We must be given this right. 
and of course, eventually, it's a right for all human beings living any part of the world. But Americans must lead this because they can, because they have the ability, and we, we have the resources to do it already. We have the know-how. So here it is. This is the challenge. Recognize that you have the full human potential, and you have the prerogative, you have the privilege of um, exploring it, and you must claim that privilege and explore it and fulfill it. And your formula for that exploration is doobie, 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 do. Yes. What is, what <laughs> yes. is, what is, I love it. I love it so much. It's my personal experience. <laughs> so what would that mean for an individual listening? It's, it's quite simple, really, because uh, doing is necessary in order to be focused. Without focus, we cannot um, solve problems. Life, uh, in a way, is a really a, a, a scientific investigation of consciousness. Consciousness throws at you problems, and if we learn how to navigate these problems, then we discover things about these archetypes, which are the guiding lights of our life. So uh, problem solving. Now, how do we solve problems? We keep focus. A problem of love comes about, you know, every young man, uh, every young woman has this problem in their teenage. You know, how, the nature is built like this. We are thrown into the problem. Well, these people are attracting us, romantic love. And then the big challenge is how to uh, make that into a love that, um, that lasts. Uh, that's not as uh, temporal as romantic love seems to be because it passes uh, for six weeks for James Bond to six months for average people, maybe six years for people who are quite tenacious, but it passes. So how to make romantic love in a permanent love relationship? That I wake up by the side of somebody and immediately it fills my heart with energy that I can truly call love. How does that happen, that transition? So, you know, this is a creative question. So if you take it from an exploratory point of view, we have to keep focus on that. I really want to love my partner. And that focusing is doing. So doing is doing with focused attention. I really want to learn about love. Being is something else. Being gives us relaxation. Being is about unconscious processing. When we are not doing anything consciously, we get into the unconscious. This is the domain of possibilities, the potentiality. Psychologists call it unconscious because you are not conscious of it. But you are still processing. Consciousness is there. Consciousness is there identical with the possibilities. So consciousness is there processing unconsciously these possibilities. And what does quantum physics say? Quantum physics says possibilities are like waves. They do their dancing only when uninterrupted. Like you throw a pebble in the water, the water will expand if uninterrupted. So you have to expand, let the water waves, let the waves of potentiality expand, making bigger and bigger pools of possibility for you to choose from. That's how you become creative. Because the initial possibilities that come about, they're all possibilities that you have encountered, you have chosen before. They're not creative, they're conditioned possibilities. They're the ones that keep you into the same cage that you live. In order to get out of the cage, you've got to bring new possibilities in your life. And how to do that is to accept that not only I need focus doing, but I also need being, just relaxing, so that my possibilities can proliferate in the unconscious 
giving me a bigger pool of possibilities to choose from. And that's when we find creative ideas. And that's when we begin to explore things that we have explored before in a new way. So this do we do we do is the key to creativity. After we have done it, the insight comes as such a surprise, we call it a quantum leap, um, with such a surprise, such a novelty, such a uh, assured ring of truth that this is the true answer for me, that we can actually do it. We can actually manifest that truth and love forever in, with that example that I created. And then, then it's no surprise anymore that the presence of this person still keeps my heart alive, even after 60 years, 70 years of living together. Wouldn't that be fantastic? So ideal and so exciting. It's really just a, an, an amazing possibility for, for all of humanity and for us. And it would be such a new experience that would really support this idea of a, a powerful paradigm shift in consciousness. What an exciting time for us in humanity. There are so many possibilities here, and I look forward to our audience and listeners looking, reading your new book, Quantum Creativity, which just discusses what we've talked about here today. You can find more information about Dr. Amit Goswami online at www.amitgoswami.org, also at www.quantumactivist.com. If you're interested in meeting up with Dr. Goswami in person, this coming up in 2014, he has some events. In February on the 22nd, he'll be at the New York Open Center. And in June on the 28th and the 29th in Eugene, Oregon. And again, July 12th and 13th at Ananda College in Oregon as well. So be sure to explore more at www.quantumactivist.com. The limitless transformation that is possible when we merge our eternal spirits with our earthly selves within the unlimited pool of quantum possibilities has been revealed through quantum physics. Never before in the script of humanity have such possibilities been more clear. The human family is waking up to the higher desire to be more, experience more, and enlighten the world with the creative possibilities that can lead to positive shifts within our human societies. The applied value of this consciousness is unveiling the hidden treasures that can foster a more balanced expression of the human being, both individually and collectively. What an exciting time to be alive. Thank you for joining Dr. Goswami and myself for this exciting six-year anniversary edition of Evolution Revolution. Please join me in the future on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio, as well as in the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found in iTunes for any time listening by searching under the podcast section, Dulcinea Contreras. And happy listening! The archive shows are available 24 hours a day and include amazing talent such as Dr. Amiko Swami. Neil Donald Walsh, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Barbara Han Clow, Gary Zukoff, Charles Virtue, Robert Friedman, and many, many more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us for an enlightening experience and be sure to connect with me on Facebook at Evolution Revolution Radio 
or on Twitter at Dulcinea3333 or EvolutionRev333. Also, you can find several of my book reviews from authors who have appeared on Evolution Revolution and Voices of Change at www.goodreads.com using my name as keywords Dulcinea Contreras. I am a metaphysical and quantum physics teacher, healer, and leader with a diverse background and vast array of offerings. Please explore more about me at www.dulcineacontreras.wordpress.com. You can co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking supporters to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. Let's manifest with infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution today with my honored guest, Dr. Amiko Swami. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, gratitude, miracles, and love now and always. Abundant angel blessings. Goodbye.